Welcome to Roar with Sparks. How loud is your roar? I am your host, Kristen Sparks. I am the CEO and founder of Roar Inc. Voices Our Power, communications and connections company. I am a corporate and personal growth facilitator. I am an infinite possibilities and certified success principles trainer, currently working on my master certification for the success principles and my BVC coaching certification. I am a facilitator, author, speaker, and thought leader. I am a cancer, broken heart, body, and soul thriver. 2022 is a power year and all about living our best life. I may live with chronic pain, but I find joy in every day in the act of getting up and having a new day filled with infinite options, opportunities, and possibilities of success. Roar with Sparks, How Loud Is Your Roar is all about you. Come join the conversation as we gather weekly to share wisdom, insight, and value, learning from and giving to each other and our special guests, sending our vibration higher and charging each other up all while having fun. Can't wait to see you here. How loud is your roar? Hi, welcome back to Roots fruits with a roar with sparks how loud is your roar we are so excited today <laughs> i have dr lisa parsons here with me she is from falmouth maine she and i became friends during the pandemic became sisters under megan joe wilson's amazing rockstar sisterhood and she is a gynecologist with a heart She's this absolutely amazing stand for her patients, making sure that they are taken care of. That is her number one concern, you, absolutely you. And I am so honored to call her friend and to have her on the podcast today. Lisa, I'm just so excited you're here. I'm so excited to be here so happy to have met you and so excited about what we're doing together. We've got this amazing retreat that we're doing on the beach here in Sarasota, Florida, October 13th through the 16th called the Roots on Fire, which is where all that came from. It is really this amazing collaboration between myself, Lisa, Kim Allen, and Joe Visor that is about empowering women to be okay with talking about their bodies because we're so embarrassed by the function that happens within our bodies and how it breaks down over time. At least I was. And I know other women that I've spoken to are just as embarrassed by it. And yet it is truly the way our bodies work. Well, and also don't you think it's what our goal is, is taking the shame away from talking about it. But there's also the benefits of getting older and knowing our worth and going for our dreams. And we also don't talk about the positive aspects of if you want to label it perimenopause, menopause, or just going into our, our, our senior years. I don't know. I guess, I guess that's, that's an okay term, but yeah, I still like the golden years. I like the golden years too. <laughs> you know, I'm still a gold girl kind of girl. <laughs> but yeah, like embrace all of it in a space where you can have laughter, tears, God forbid, fun and joy, and just put it all out on the table, on a beach in Florida. Yes. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. 
Oh, I am too. I am too. Tell us about you, though, because we're here to talk a little bit about you and what you're doing up there in Maine. So I went to medical school, graduated medical school in 2001 from osteopathic medical school. And I specifically chose osteopathy. People will say, oh, what's the difference between osteopathic medicine and allopathic medicine or MD? And they're basically the same exact train, but osteopathic manipulation and osteopathic philosophy has a more holistic background. Basically, the concept that your body is capable of healing itself. Even though I went to a traditional residency at Maine Medical Center, that's basically my backbone, my background. And then from there, I took the full-time position and worked in Portland for eight years, became chair of the department, you know, went up the ladder of patriarchy. And I had two of my mentors who are OBGYNs come um, down with ALS. And when I saw them become ill and eventually pass away, one of the doctors transition, um, it was just was like a wake up call to be like, all right, what is it that I want? And is this how I want my life to be? Is this how I want to treat my patients? Like, as you know, the healthcare system currently is just going not in a very good direction, I think. And the thing that just broke my heart was like, just not giving people the time they deserve to talk about their stories. And even like, especially diving into really sensitive subjects like sexual health, pelvic floor, intimacy, all of it. Like you need to develop that relationship to have those conversations. So I, I just felt a huge, huge deficit that wasn't being filled. And even with my life, I wasn't getting what I needed. So I tried a, a couple of other different opportunities. I tried working as a laborist, which means you just work at night or um, trying to get away of, you know, from the bureaucracy of it. And then a, a part-time position. And none of it was really what I was looking for. And ultimately, I knew in my soul that I had to do things my way. I got to tell you, I'm going to stop you right there for just a second, because I really want to reinforce this, that question of what do I want? We don't ask that of ourselves enough. What do I want? What do I need so that I can then be of service to others? Because if I'm not filling up my tank, there's nothing left for anyone else. You can't be the doctor that you want to be. Anyone that's a healer knows you can't give it all away. And it was a hard lesson to learn, but I've definitely gotten better at that. But I love that you did it. I love that you asked the question and you listened to the answer and then you did it. So kudos, girl. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So the model of my practice, so how I came into this, it is called direct care. And I became good friends with a primary care, direct care doctor and learned more about the direct care movement. And basically what direct care means is that you and the patient are together. There's no middle person. There's no insurance company. So basically, you're, you do pay out of pocket for the services. But with that, you have unlimited access to your provider, meaning unlimited visits. You can email or call. You know, it's just access to care, basically, so that you can develop a strong relationship over time. And the doctors don't have as large of a patient panel. So they're able to give their time and expertise to you. Tell me what the difference is between direct care and concierge. Thank you for bringing that up because that's a common 
question. So concierge medicine um, usually is still involving the insurance companies for the doctor-patient relationship, and then they charge a fee on top of that for that access to care. So the price point is usually higher than direct care. Plus, in general, direct care does not go through insurance. Sometimes you can, like some people will use insurance for labs or imaging or that kind of thing. But in general, direct care can get wholesale medications, wholesale labs. So they'll find the best deals for you in terms of imaging and that kind of thing. We are your, your advocates. So in many ways, you don't have to use your insurance. And that's the big thing is teaching people, Kristen, that like, yes, you should have insurance to cover catastrophic events or God forbid cancer, or you need a major surgery. But in general, when people sit back and ask themselves, what is my insurance? How is it serving me? The majority of times people will say it's not serving me because they have high deductibles or they can't be the providers that they want or, you know, what go on and on and on. They don't feel satisfied with a 10 minute visit. So I think we need to relearn what insurance companies do for us and also the pharmaceutical companies. So, yeah, taking the power back, basically. Right. And focusing more on results. I love that. That's the way that you describe it, because I've used both concierge and I've used direct care. I personally have gone through a multitude of different insurance companies and issues within those insurance companies on what they will allow me to do, what medications they will allow me to have, what doctors they will allow me to see. And I don't want somebody else making those decisions for me medically. And I learned that the hard way when I went through the fall that took out my pelvis because it was not a common injury. It wasn't something that they could point out and go, oh, you broke your arm. We can fix that, put a cast on it and all is good. Make it all better. Right. Everybody gets the same care and this is who you go to and this is what you do. And even the medications that I take, the combinations of stuff, you know, is not normal because I'm allergic to so many things. And they didn't understand that at all. Well, why don't you just get an opioid? I highly recommend taking the power back in your medical care and finding a direct care doctor, finding a concierge doctor, finding what works for you, a combination of insurances, all of those kinds of things, because you have to be your own advocate. You truly have to be your own advocate. You have to ask the questions. The doctor's not going to ask you questions. They don't have time. If you need something, you've really got to push for the time, especially within the model that we have currently. Direct care, obviously, is different. I think everyone should be an advocate no matter what. There's too many opportunities for those important questions not to be. And no one's perfect, right? So again, the more you're comfortable in your environment and with your provider, the more likely that those things are going to happen too. And you're going to have that trust. That's the thing. If you don't have trust in your provider, you have nothing. And it can be a very scary place to be. Absolutely. And that happens no matter what type of care that you're getting, whether you're going through direct care. And sometimes you have to make, you know, multiple choices on your doctors. You go and see one doctor. If you're not comfortable, go see another one. Just because you went to that one doesn't mean, or you told the, I, I love that when you're, you're picking out insurance and you have to tell them who your primary care is and you haven't even met the person yet, or they tell you who your primary care is and you haven't, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> like, 
I've been through multiple doctors. I've even had issues with the people the doctors have on staff. So I've had to change because of that. Again, being your own advocate, making those choices for yourself, empowering yourself to make those choices that work best for you. Because let's face it, we're not all going to all get along all the time. It just that doesn't work that way. You know the energy of a person when you walk in the door of whether or not that's going to work for you. Or as the relationship develops, it becomes obvious that that may or may not be the right person, the right choice. And so make another one. Yeah. What I tell patients, it takes a village. Like I'm going to bring a certain flavor to your care, but then I'm also going to work with pelvic floor physical therapists, sexual therapists, functional medicine, acupuncture, like really finding your team is so, so important because your needs will change over time. And sometimes it's a few modalities going to give you the best result, which is exactly what you went through. Right. And finding and you're building and you're taking and you're replacing and then you're, you know, because then your team, you know, you need to make sure that there's some congruity between your team too. So yeah, it really is a process. And it does evolve as you get different things that come up with your your medical issues, different things that come up in your life, you're changing, you're moving, oh, moving, (laughs) moving. Wow, that was a big one. You know, where do you go? Who do you trust? And yeah, yeah, exactly. Kristen, I just want to give people like a idea of what it would be like to come to see me. Yes. But when patients come to see me for their first visit, it's usually over an hour. I have a tea set over here. We have a cup of tea together. I dive into their their history and we talk for a good 40 minutes before I even think about doing an exam. So it's really, I've got plants in my room. There's a therapy dog that's right down the hall. Like it's just, it's not a sterile environment. And I think that's for women, especially if they've had trauma in the past or they have not had good experiences with their exams, to just know that there are ways to make it a much better experience. I have essential oils going with, you know, their moods and and my mood while it's beautiful. I have a beautiful window here with birds outside. Like it's how I want to be taken care of. It's how I want my family to be taken care of. And just to know that these things are are possible and that I'm getting so much out of it too. I learn so much from my patients and they give me so much more than I give them. So that's how you have sustainability. And as a healer, like I feel like I'm really using my gifts now. And now it's like, I'm finally here. That is so beautiful. I told you this before. I would come to Maine just to be a patient, (laughs) let alone come to see you. But that's the kind of place that I want to be taken care of. You know, I want to go into my parlor and have the conversations that are not easy conversations to have, even if they're just routine, they're still not easy to have with a stranger. So making it something that is an experience, not just a doctor's appointment. I've had people say they look forward to seeing me for their exams. I'm like, wow, that is a huge compliment, right? <laughs> yes. That is a huge thing. I'm so happy to see you. (laughs) Yes. It's like I made a date to have coffee with my friend. That's right. (laughs) Yes. That is exactly what we need. We don't need the sterile hospital. 
Mm-mm. We're going back to basics here. We're going back to, I love like some primary care doctors will do home visits, which I just, I love that. I love the whole thought. Patients will drop by eggs. Some some people will do trades instead of if they can't afford a visit, they'll do a trade. And I'm totally okay with that. Like everyone and everything has value. Oh, Lisa, that's amazing. I mean, what a gift. What a gift to Maine you are. Everybody in Maine should be your patient. You know, good Lord, if you're not, call her. <laughs> her information will be in the show notes. <laughs> Please. It still works by, by word of mouth. So it's one of the where it is a new model, but I know it's going to just take over. It's like the old country doctor, you know, where the small town, everybody knows everybody. And yeah, that's where you go for everything. Right. That's so amazing that you are doing this in this crazy world that we live in now, that you've gone back to those basics of what is important in medicine, in what's important in life and what's important in truly this humanity. I just love that, Lisa. Thank you. Oh, you are so very, very welcome. I was going to say, don't you think it's the perfect time to do this, though? Absolutely. I was just having this conversation with another woman who is a C-suite coach. We were talking about it's demo days. It is totally demo days. We are remodeling everything. How we think, how we work, how we feel, how we question what we want, and then take the steps to make sure we get what we need. And be able to build our dreams and desires. And I just, creating this world takes pioneers like you. It took the pioneers 200 years ago to build America. Now we're rebuilding what we need from here. And I think you're right. The pandemic really made this case of what isn't working. Plus women supporting women. Like I know that, you know, like I said, I was in that whole patriarchal system. I drank the Kool-Aid. I was chair of the department. I wanted to keep going. And then I'm like, this isn't what I want. Like sisterhood and women supporting each other. This is what I want. And I feel like now more than ever, women are acknowledging that, that we can all succeed and we can support each other in a really healthy way. And that's why you and I are together and Kim and Joe and Megan Joe Wilson. Like she started this flame and I'm very excited to, to pay it forward. And we can also talk about our nonprofit if you want. Absolutely. I was doing a meditation this morning and I was listening to Abraham from Jerry and Esther Hicks and Esther would channel Abraham back in the 70s, back in the 70s talking about exactly this, supporting each other by being excited about another success, bring success to ourselves. You can't open up for your own wealth and your own creativity if you're not excited about those around you having that same success. So supporting each other is so important to us that we started a nonprofit called the Sister Weird Foundation. And it's all about supporting the differences that we have as people and supporting our sisters in their journey 
of creating the lives that they want. And access to the magic that we've had. I think we all are just so grateful to have found each other and have had these opportunities and to be able to give back and make it an equal playing field is really special. Right. It absolutely is. I am just amazed at the change that I have seen since this pandemic. I can remember, I wrote an article about this, just this, the way that women in my life bullied and knocked down and judged and nobody ever was supportive. You know, if you didn't make the cheerleading team, you weren't in the good group. And it took until I went through my own transformation spiritually to really get that back in 1993. So I started back then kind of building my tribe, working my spirituality, really understanding who I was. And lo and behold, I was in Florida at the time. (laughs) And then I went back to Ohio. And in Ohio, I always was where I felt that that judgment and that, I don't know how to even describe it. I'm, I'm moving my hands up and down. You'll see the video eventually, but just as an audio, it is a oppression that I always felt there. And that was me. That didn't mean that everybody feels that that lives in Ohio. That was my own thing. But I was, I forgot. I forgot. So the universe told me to stop and to get back into my spirituality. And so I did through the fall and through cancer, through the pandemic. And I really learned that that comes from the inside because I was constantly looking for that outside validation. And that's not where it lives. It lives inside of us. And that is one thing that through our sisterhood, and our relationship with you, with Lisa, with Joe, it's been so amazing to be uplifted, to be supported, to whether we agree, didn't agree, we supported each other in whatever way we chose to go. If we thought we were going a little off center, we might say something, (laughs) you know, but we were always supported through it. You know, it wasn't a judgment that you were doing it wrong. It was, maybe we could look at it this way. That's the beauty, because we're all a little different. But when you put us together, that's where the magic occurs. Really, when you see us all together, that's when you see the the dynamic and the, the flow that's been happening for a couple of years now. It really is. And the exciting things about this program that we have put together, this Roots of Fire, and this particular one is the demystification of the feminine body. We have plans for this, big plans for this, because it's so important to really bring again that voice to people, whether it be men or women, that don't have a voice in their own roots, in their own foundation, within the health of their souls. Right. And the power of that root of that 
root chakra that I think, you know, I fully admit that this is all new to me, like the sisterhood, the spirituality, I feel like I'm the baby spiritual holder of the group. But once you like open your eyes, there's just there's so much. And yeah, I just love it. We have also another group that we do that is a magic group. And we really it's it's amazing. Oh, Lisa, you went through this whole cancer thing with me. And thank you for so much support in that. And we are celebrating when you get here in October. I had the port taken out last week. This is the last Botox that I should have to have. So it's like over. (laughs) Let's celebrate big time. I'm so excited to do that. But anyway, I don't know what I was talking about. I have no idea. About magic. We were talking about the four of us the magic group. How I, I yes, you're the you know like I'm just starting this journey. Even though I know I'm a spiritual person in terms of tools and vocabulary and even things like the difference between an oracle card and a tarot card. I'm like I don't know, but you all helped me through that. So, and Kim is an amazing host of that, and I, she's got so much more knowledge than I do. And I've been doing tarot cards for 30 years, but I don't know anything about the moon. I don't know. You know, I know a little bit. I'm a full moon girl. I definitely love the full moon and I definitely could tell the energies. Um, I'm most definitely an empath. Oh, good Lord. My daughter is too. And, and, you know, so just learning some of those tools because you forget what to do to protect yourself. Sometimes you forget, and especially in this pandemic, what it was like to be in a crowd Oh my goodness, totally forgot. It's a little anxiety provoking, isn't it? I remember my first flight, it was like, it didn't feel right. I was like, wait, what do you mean I'm on an airplane? You know, some people, I still struggle with the mask on or off. In general, I'm a, I'm a masker, but it's like, yeah, like when can you totally let go? No, we're not there yet. I know, I'm, you know, I still have to wear a mask when I'm going to the hospital or go to the doctor or... Although my GP is no mask. Yeah. So everybody's different. And we're all navigating it together. And I think what's beautiful thing, at least what I've seen here is there's less before there was quite a bit of judgment, I think between people versus masks versus unmasked. And now I think we all are realizing we're, we're doing what we feel is comfortable for ourselves. Isn't that the beauty? Yeah. Of just being comfortable together, no matter what we're doing. I think that is my hope for the future is that we can all become non-judgmental. If you're a Republican or you're a Democrat, you're a masker, you're not a masker, you're a vaxxer, you're not a vaxxer, whatever you feel is right for you, just like the first thing that we talked about is what do I want? Just because I want this doesn't mean you want this, but I can still love you. And not that I... (laughs) There are a lot of similarities that we have. Yeah. But if we had that disagreement, I would still love you. My kids, totally non-vaxxers, all of them. They taught me a lot about just getting off my salt box because just as I felt judged, I judged. The more I judged, the more I felt judged. And a lot of times you find out that it's you. It's not anybody else. Nobody else really cares. 
this actually has really helped me a lot. I think with, with Megan Joe, at first you're very self-conscious about speaking up for yourself or we do something called bragging where women have a hard time talking about themselves and bragging about their accomplishments, right? But Megan Joe, I believe, said, newsflash, we're not really that important. <laughs> <laughs> People aren't thinking about you. Like, we're, don't give yourself that much energy. And that gave me a huge permission to just show my freaky side, show my weird, as we would say. Um, how freeing. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? I've made a whole program out of bragging called The Art of the Brag. And it is teaching women right now how to be comfortable speaking about their accomplishments, how to be comfortable saying, I'm going to be in Forbes in September. And I am freaking proud of that. Bell <laughs> brag. Bell brag. Yeah. But that is something that's scary because we think somebody's going to judge us. And why do we think somebody's going to judge us? Because we've judged others. We've judged other. Well, you know, just pat yourself on the back. Why don't you? That's true. Yeah. Who do you think you are to be in that or do that or think that or be that way? Or some of it, at least, I mean, for me, jealousy, fear, I want to be there. It usually 99.9% .9 of the time comes from inside of what we're seeing, you know, and I like to say I judged my insides by someone else's outsides or their outsides by my insides. Yeah. And it's also the double standard, right? In general, it seems like men do not have a hard time or as much of a hard time talking about their accomplishments and, oh, aren't, you know, in general, they've had this or that posted and women then come across as being cocky or, or whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? It's just, it I do. And I think some of that comes from sales, sports, the things that, that is more in the male realm, not that women aren't playing sports now and getting accolades and getting trophies and things of that nature, but heck, even they're not paid nearly as much. And they, it's not, oh, a women's team. Okay, I guess I'll go see that. But with the men, they're taught from a young age to brag. They're taught from a young age to really get themselves out there, to do things, to be seen, you know, be the quarterback, be the running back. Not, I'm not really good on football and I'm really surprised I know those. <laughs> I try to talk about football. They're like, just don't eat. Just forget <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, that's all right. I thought it was a golf course. <laughs> 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 but anyway, it's just men are taught that that's okay. Be the best salesman, get the trophy, get the prize, get the trip. Women are not taught to be that way on a big scale. Not that there aren't some that aren't taught to be competitive, but we're not the same way, at least not that I've seen in my life. You look at cheerleaders and we're taught to be competitive against each other. And we do that with how many times have you seen this happen where someone has been cheated on and they blame the woman, not the man? Yep. What's that all about? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
I'm sorry, but it takes two to tango, no matter where the tango is. <laughs> We're taught in a different way to compete. So we're taught to compete against each other as a judgment where men are not. They're not taught that way. You know, they're taught to, to compete against each other in a team. That's interesting. Yep. We're trying to change that. And we are changing that. We are. You hit it when we were talking about our nonprofit, like we really want to focus more on younger women, because that's where you make the change is like with our youth and our young women. And that's only going to help down the road. Big time. I'm a huge advocate of big brothers, big sisters. I was a big sister. My daughter's a big sister. It's a, a wonderful program. And it is a great way to really get to know our younger generation and to help make those changes, you know, and influence how those girls see each other and see themselves. My little sister is now a college graduate and she saved me as much as I saved her. You know, they talk about that in a lot of different ways, but let me tell you, there was some, there were some rough patches there and we really were able to divinely save each other. I just can't say enough about being a mentor. That's how I feel about teaching. You know, I teach at my medical school and I love it on so many different levels, but for me now to be able to go up in front of 200 people who are entering healthcare to say, there is another way and this is what I'm doing. And also we talk about outcomes and how you get through a bad outcome or because, you know, they teach you or it's not so much now, but in the past to be a physician, you were thought as God, right? You, you weren't able to make mistakes if you made a mistake, it was your fault, you know? So to bring, I think, the human side back to medicine is so important. And yes, like traumatic things do happen. And how do you get up and forgive yourself and also forgive the system and keep doing what you're doing? And then for those that are looking for another way to know that there's these different models too. Right, exactly. And you know, you hit something there, another one. This is a gold nugget if you don't know this. Forgiveness, forgiveness of ourselves, forgiveness of other people, other issues, other things, other practices. Forgiveness is huge in getting through trauma, getting through shame, being able to release and recover from that. It's important. It completely is. And that is so dear to my heart, that learning that forgiveness, learning that being able to come back to appreciation for even the challenges, even those traumas in our life, so that we can build from there. That's where we gain our knowledge. That's where we gain our insights. That's where we gain our magic. Yeah, guiding yourself and not letting things weigh you down, being kind, showing and having love. Maybe it was tapping your partner on the shoulder at work going, I am so glad I got to work with you today. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or tagging them on the computer, whatever it is that you do with this tagging thing. <laughs> on social media, right? And just saying, thank you. Yes. Thank you to the, the woman who checked me out at the grocery store. 
or the guy who brought my bags out to the car or the guy that told us that our tags were expired today, <laughs> you know, kept us from getting a How big of a ticket is that? Now you got to go to court. I've been there and done that. <laughs> so that was huge. Yeah, it is. It goes a long way. Absolutely. Maybe buy somebody a cup of coffee today. The guy behind you, yeah. the girl in front of you, whatever. It's a wonderful thing to pass that along. Thank you for all that you do. You too. You're amazing. And I am so privileged, absolutely privileged to have you as a friend, as a colleague, as a partner. I want my guests, my audience to know that Lisa is available. She is in Maine. She's amazing. And she is accessible. If you are close to her, sign up. Just go have a cup of tea with her. There you go. Have a cup of coffee. Find out. Or if you don't live near me, there are others that are doing what I'm doing. So you can get on the direct care website, DPC website, and find where there's a direct care provider near you. There's about, as far as I know, 30 gynecologists nationwide that are doing the thing that I'm doing. So we exist. Just go and find us. That's amazing. We need so many more of you. <laughs> it's only going to get bigger. I really feel like this is what people need. So It is. My website's very, I believe in transparency. So I'm very transparent about costs and how there's different models. You there, become a member, or if you wanted to see me for a one-time visit, whatever it serves you, honestly. Hey, just go visit her, you know, if you don't live in Maine. <laughs> Maine's a great place to visit in the summertime. I'm not coming in the winter, just so you know, Lise. <laughs> right, there you go. Yeah, wintertime in Florida, summertime in Maine. <laughs> absolutely. I just absolutely adore you. Thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you so much for being a part of Roots on Fire that is happening here in Sarasota. I know. And go to rootsonfire.net and sign up. This is a very special one-time offer. We will never offer it at this price again. It is for 12 women only. And it is going to be awesome if you share with your room, which these rooms are real special. They are king-size beds only in a nice suite. But you share the room with your your best friend, your daughter, your sister, your mother, your daughter-in-law for a little bit less price. If you want your own room, it's a little bit more, but get on the website, rootsoffire.net and sign up. We can't wait to see you there. I love you so, so very much. Thank you so much. This was Roar with Sparks. How loud is your roar? We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Roar with Sparks. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcast player. We can be reached at www.wrarinc.com. Thank you again, and we can't wait to see you here next week. How loud is your roar? Roar.